I'm Dr. Fiona Lovely, and this is the Not Your Mother's Menopause podcast. I'm taking the taboos of menopause and perimenopause and bringing light to the dark. No bullshit, no shame. It's time for us to gain a new paradigm in female health, out with the old and in with the new, and I'm bringing fresh perspectives from someone in the arena. I've been practicing women's health for nearly 20 years, and I'm spilling the tea on what it means to live at midlife, knowing that the best is yet to come. I'm sharing my Gen X approach to living through this transition. Sassy, a bit sweary, and always honest. Tactical tips and instantly usable information is my aim. I hope to make you laugh and that you learn something new that helps you embrace the change. Together, we bring power to the Perry. Onward to the podcast. our sponsor, Athletic Greens, which is now called AG1. This is a vitamin, mineral, and probiotic greens drink. It helps me boost my energy and gives me the nutrients I need in case I don't get what I want and need in my diet for the day. It tastes great and it has mushrooms and digestive enzymes and adaptogens for adrenal health. I take it once a day. It's truly an all-in-one supplement. If you would like to try AG, please visit athleticgreens.com slash Fiona Lovely, and they'll send you a year's supply of liquid vitamin D3 with K2 and five free travel packs, which come in mighty handy for getting your AG on the go. Thanks, Athletic Greens. for. So welcome, Francesca Ray to the podcast today. This is the Not Your Mother's Menopause podcast. I'm Dr. Fiona Lovely, and we're talking about what happens with women in the midlife hormonal transition. And today is an interesting conversation, one I have very much been looking forward to. Uh, So Francesca Ray is a certified financial planner. She has been uh, working for 19 years in this field and has 19 plus years of experience. Her focused and tailored approach can help you achieve your family's financial goals. Now, when we were talking, Francesca said to me, her goal is to empower women and their families to have wealth life balance. And I thought, my God, I want some of that. (laughs) So today we're going to have a lively conversation, Francesca and I. We're the F squad, just so you all know. (laughs) Now, why am I an expert in perimenopause talking to a financial, a certified financial planner? Why is that happening today? Well, the reality is that the reckoning of perimenopause for women, for a lot of us, becomes about freedom. Freedom from the things that we have felt shackled to, freedom from the push and pull the tides of hormones, as my friend Dr. Luann Brizendine calls them. Freedom from anything that makes us feel like the full expression that we get to be at perimenopause. 
And to me, I think about peace of mind is important. I think and know that health is important. And financial well-being comes to play because if you are stuck in a situation where you do not feel that you have freedom of choice, whether you have a crappy job and a shitty boss or a toxic or potentially abusive relationship, I'm thinking about you sisters. I know a lot of women that have had to stay in relationships that they didn't no longer wanted to be in or it was no longer safe for them to be in because they didn't have the financial means to stand on their own two legs. Or whether you're in a health crisis and you need access to better care. The truth is we need money to do all of those things. So it is an important and empowering conversation today that we are having, and I couldn't be more excited. Welcome to the podcast, Francesca. Mm, thank you. I'm so excited to be here, and thanks, Fiona, Dr. Fiona Lovely, for allowing me to, to join your, your group and your memberships. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Now, when we first talked about this, you said something to me that struck a bell, and I'm going to read it back to you because I wrote it down, and then I'd like you to talk about it, please. You said, I want women to be inspired, involved, and engaged. Tell me what you mean. Well, I think it takes me back to a couple years ago when I separated from my husband. Um, Having the knowledge about finances and going through the process of divorce, um, to me, was stressful. All about the money and, and separating of assets I understood everything, but it was still a stressful time. And after I finalized everything and went away, I thought more about that. I thought, wow, I have all of this knowledge and it still was a challenge for me. I can't imagine what other women would go through during that time. Not everybody goes through that, but just in that general moment. And I thought, my goodness, I really want to inspire women to take more control and ownership of their financial future or even just their financial well-being and and health and and knowledge around it. Because if I had a challenge through that difficult moment, I'm sure a lot of other women did and will and are right now. Absolutely. And I think women are scared to look at money, aren't we? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's one of those things I hear from everybody that says, we never learned this in school. So my parents never taught me. I know nothing. So you know, teach me, show me, what do I need to do? What do I need to learn? So it's, it's very prevalent. I think I find too, for our generation, that there's a lot of women, and I certainly was caught up in this too. I associated money with math and money with masculine. Right. And, and it was reinforced. It was reinforced in the school system uh, for sure. I remember I had a book, a bookkeeping um a teacher in grade 10 that was just a miserable asshole. And I'm sad that I see still on my mind all these years later. I think, my God, did I go about proving him right? You know, Mm -hmm. this, this is one of those things that I'm bookkeeping. I presented to the account. I have my bookkeeper, you know, I, I don't want anything to do with it. And because I've, I've shirked that. So that responsibility, which I'm learning, God, I have to be almost 50 to learn that it's a good idea. You can change at any time. So absolutely. And the other thing is that we, as women, 
and this could be totally off the mark, but I think we see TV, it's like, oh, you know, we, we marry somebody who's going to take care of us. Um, we have to work hard to earn money and we don't have to work hard to earn money. We just have to be smart about it and have the knowledge behind it. And I think that having sort of read or learn more about finances will give you more confidence in what you're doing and saying and, and be able to move forward to build a better financial life for yourself. Oh, you just said a mouthful there, sister. Woo. Okay, let's go back, rewind. You said yes. you said you don't have to work hard to learn about money or to talk about that a little bit because man, you're so right. We think we have to have this, you know, we have to work 80 hours a week or 40 hours a week or whatever, these old models, these old models based on capitalism, right? Which are all changing. Now, I, I'm, I'm really curious to know uh, how that's changing, but, you know, rewind, tell me a little bit more about that. Well, I think it just goes back to my upbringing. You know, I had a Sicilian father who came to Canada when he was young and he had to work hard to build a house and a life for us. And so that was always instilled. And I think a lot of us Canadians kind of fall into that, you know, sort of pattern that we had to work hard, work hard, work hard. And I, I always thought I had to do that. I had to be a doctor. I had to be a lawyer, of which I'm neither. Um, but I'm still doing very well for myself. But I didn't have to, I mean, I work hard, but um, I didn't have to go through that education to get where I am today. But I also have started shifting my frame of mind around what money is. And money, I've started to believe, is, is just a, an exchange of energy, you know, when, when I give you money, I feel good about it. And when you, you give me something in regards to money, I feel good about it. So I'm, I'm, I'm really delving into money as being a form of energy. And it's not hard. Um, and really just asking for what you want. And that has been coming back to me. And I've seen that with other people. When they start saying, this is what I want, you can see their whole body just change and say, yeah, that's what I want. I want to take a month off for every year. I want to go and travel. I want to, you know, make sure my kids are, are okay when they go to school and I've paid for their education and, and really just focusing on what they want and helping them get to that point has really uh, been what I've seen. And, and it's not hard work. It's just saying, what do I want and bringing that positive energy towards it. So ultimately you're giving women permission. Absolutely. We don't give ourselves permission. I, I want to go to the spa. Go to the spa. So what if it costs $1,000 to go to St. Anne's for two days? Just do it. If that's what you want to do, like how much happier will you be? And, and you know what? The, the money will come. It'll, it'll, it'll be there to, to enable you to do what you need to do. I'm just feeling into my body the energetic shift of what you just said about you need to go to the spa? Boo, Go! You don't need anybody's permission to do that. What are we waiting for? Yeah, and we and and you know, I find that women when they start working, maybe they took care of their own finances, paid off some student debt, you know, along they go, they find a partner, get married, life gets busy. Oh, you know, hubby or partner, please take care of this piece because I am the nurturer and I'm going to look after the the kids, the dogs, the house, the my job and it just becomes too much and it just gets pushed aside and it gets forgotten. Um, you know, I had a friend share with me that she doesn't even know her bank bank password online. 
She's like, yeah, my husband takes care of everything. I'm like, no, girl, no, no, no. You need to know your passwords to get on your own bank account. Like, this can't be happening. And I hear that from a lot of women who just, life gets busy, especially at our age, right? We're, yeah. we're busy. We're doing all kinds of things. And this is the last thing people look at, by far the last thing people look at. And I want women to become aware that it is important and it will fuel what you want and give you a better sense of where it's going to come from and how to get to that point. You know, I talk about permission a lot in the podcast, whether it's permission to take care of yourself, permission to put yourself first, permission to do it outside the lines, Mm -hmm. to just create whatever it is you wish to have. Absolutely. I love that we're talking about this from the money perspective And uh, I know one of the financial uh, coaches I follow says that it's not so much about the numbers or the money for women. It's about the power that's associated with money and that that scares the shit out of women for a lot of women, for a lot of women. So, um, and that's Barbara Stanny, by the way. She's great. Um, She's got a, her first book was Overcoming Under Earning, I believe, which is quite a fascinating read. And and she does focus on women and money mindset, et cetera. So I'd love to hear what you have to say about from working with women and their financial portfolios for the last almost 20 years. Talk Mm -hmm. to me about this power piece. What do you think? Um, I think we've lost our power, right? I, and as I was just describing that when you get into sort of that mode of being a parent, go, go, go here, that you just, you lose your power. And I think we need to regain our power. And I think it starts with having a vision. Like, what is it that I want? If you close your eyes, what comes to your mind? What are the thoughts that are coming in that you want to have happen in your life? And that then becomes the vision. And it kind of stops there. It doesn't go anywhere from there. And I'll give you an example of myself where I've had a vision board for many years. I shoved it away under the drawer. And a number of years ago, I pulled it back out and went, oh, crap, I actually did three quarters of these things. Like, how cool was that? I had no idea. And, you know, going through this whole separation, I redid my vision board, which is sitting right here on my wall. And this year I was planning this big trip. And, you know, I kept looking at my vision board and I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I saw this picture of Bali. And I went, oh, Bali's been on my vision for a long time and I need to do that. I just, I just need to do it. I just felt this power of I'm going to do it no matter what, no matter how much it costs, I'm going. And it took a bit of a struggle to get my tickets booked and everything organized. But once it was done, I didn't, I didn't even look back and everybody kept saying, wow, you're going away. Aren't you scared? Nope. Didn't even think about it. Aren't you? Nope. Didn't think about it. This is this. And I just felt this sense of power that I finally got to do what I wanted to do for so long. And then the money started coming. I I had a number of clients come in uh, shortly after I booked my tickets that helped me pay for my trip. And I went there without feeling concerned or worried. And it was just the, it had a lot of, um, it gave me a lot of power, I guess, once I came back to really realize that that came to fruition and, you know, all of this inspire and encourage and engage women is, is kind of where I'm at after that trip. Oh, I love that story. So hold the vision and then take the action. 
yeah, and write it down. Like, what steps do I need? What do I what do I need to do to have this happen? Right? Maybe it's not Bali. Maybe it's I want to go to the spa for a whole day. You know, okay, it cost me five hundred dollars. How am I going to, you know, save for that or come up with that? But I'm gonna do it. Like it's it's you've got the vision. Now it's the next. I've gonna do it. Right. And when am I going to do it? It doesn't have to really be when, but you know, is it now, next year, two years, five years? What is that time frame? And start working towards that. Um, and make those decisions, right? To make the decisions to move in that direction. Yeah. And that's another key. That's where a lot of us get hung up is on that action piece, you know. <clears throat> you know who someday, by the way, my vision board's right above us as we're speaking. <laughs> <laughs> and and then, you know. It's another step then is like, well, I don't know what's the best strategy. So my other piece of advice is find a financial advisor, right? Find somebody that is in line with what you want to do, right? So I talk to women about what do you want to do? I had this one lady, oh, you know, I could just see her like this and sighing and she just got through a separation and divorce and she's got this chunk of money and she's like, Oh, I think I should buy a house. I'm like, you should buy a house. She's like, well, you know, my ex-husband has one. And so I think I should, you know, I'm at this age. I don't know. I'm like, okay, tell me what else you'd want to do. Well, I want to have a nice retirement. Great. What does that look like? I'm traveling. I said, where are you going? England. I'm going here. I'm going there. I'm like, great. Of those two scenarios, which one would make you happier? She's like, traveling. I said, so why are we talking about something you think you should do? If you feel amazing talking about traveling and having these big trips, then why aren't we focusing on that? Well, because I think I should. It's like, no, what do you want to do? Right. And you could just see her whole body just change. And she was like, oh, and leaning into it and and really loved the ideas and strategies. So that was the next thing. I help people make the decision. And then what are the strategies we need to put in place? What's the best investment vehicle? What's the best investment, right? So the investments are the last thing I talk about. It's all about what do you want to have happen? And let's get that going and making it happen for you. I love talking to you because I just get so inspired when you start telling those stories. It just makes me, I'm like, Ooh, I can do that. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. I hope with my uh, deepest part of my heart that we uh, young, young people are being taught better financial management strategies in school, hopefully by their parents, which would be our generation, I imagine. Um, and if not, then hopefully in school. But I want to go back to the Bali story for a second. When you and I first met, you were just about to embark on that trip. And you went, you were six weeks, four weeks. I was four weeks away, but not in Bali, but yeah, I was four weeks away. Yes. Okay. And when you told me that, I remember my brain just kind of went, can I do that? Can I do that? Can I do that? And do you remember I said to you, oh God, I want to do that. And you're like, do it. You were like, what are you waiting for? You dope. (laughs) Absolutely. And it's not a matter of like, do it tomorrow, but put that idea in motion of when we're going to do it. And then what's the strategy around it, right? Like um, everybody was, oh, I'm jealous. I'm like, well, you can do it too, right? It's giving yourself permission to do what you want to do. And that is where I come from, right? And 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 having steps to get there. Like I said, you can't do it alone. You know, you need somebody to help you. You, you As women, I also feel financial literacy is important. Start reading more. Start listening to podcasts like you were talking about, uh, your, the one that you listened to. Getting some more information. I also am starting to 
hopefully encourage women to talk to their friends or family. We don't talk about money. Money is a taboo behind sex, religion, um, and food, right? (laughs) You know, it's all in there and we don't want to share. And so I I just did a, a webinar this past week and I was saying how as women, we should just ask simple questions like, Hey, do you guys uh, cost compare at your grocery store? Are you finding you save money that way? Um, I don't know. What banks do you use that save on fees? Just start something small. Are you using a budget app or tool? You know, it doesn't have to be about how much money you make and how much debt you have. It can be something simple and just getting yourself confident and asking the questions. And I'm sure you'll have lots of really good shares and information. And I've had a number of friends either go through a death of a spouse or divorce. And I was nervous. They're not my clients, but I was nervous to say, you know what? I can help you in the financial piece if you need help. Like I am here for you. And they're like, yes, like, please, please. And I said, I'm I'm not here to, I'm I'm a friend. And they're like, please, please, please. And they opened up. And so I'm hoping that I can also encourage women listeners today, anybody really, to start talking about it. Because we need to talk about it instead of hiding behind uh, the door or having our head under the sand. I don't want that anymore for my, my, my female clients or women in general. So what you're doing is essentially the four minute mile. That is women didn't talk about this stuff. For me, I was raised by a mother who had a British upbringing and she was like, I can't even tell you the number of times she said, we don't talk about money. It's impolite. (laughs) That's why the, it was also the same thing about women's health issues, which is why the podcast is called Not Your Mother's Menopause. Absolutely. Uh, and I was taught, it was, it was not, I, the only reason I know what my mother made as a teacher was she had a chart that she had posted up on her bathroom mirror and she was working through the education to get to the highest bracket. So that's the only reason I knew how much, even to this day, <laughs> So it's it's amazing how this generation, so Generation X, that's that's essentially who we're talking to here because this is who is going through perimenopause and the start of the menopause transition is uh, is Gen X, and I suspect a lot of my listeners had the same upbringing. You didn't talk about money because it was impolite. And so I love what you're saying. You're saying, start those little conversations. Just yesterday, I had a friend who's financially savvy say to me that her monthly grocery budget was a thousand bucks for her and her husband and her kid. And I was like, really? Oh my God. I think mine's 1400 and it's just my husband and I, and that doesn't count the cat food. (laughs) I'm like, okay, so what are you doing? And I know the area she lives in is a very expensive area. So now I wanted to, I started to ask her questions like, okay, where are you doing your shopping? Like, do you have a cash budget? Like, do you take a cash envelope and say, I'm only spending $200 today? Obviously, she's not shopping at Costco is all I got to say. Maybe I'm shopping there too much. (laughs) Um, And, you know, and I I am picky about food. I like my organics and I have my grass fed, uh, et cetera. But um, I, I think there's a way. And what you're saying is start those conversations because absolutely the other women in your circle 
chances are there's maybe one or two of them that are empowered around this because they had a mother that was uh, ahead of the rest, um, but ahead in this in this uh, capacity. But start the conversations like, are you using a budgeting app? Like I just shared this with you the other day. I downloaded a budgeting template off of mm-hmm. Etsy because I was trying, the one I was using just was like, I mean, spread, spreadsheets make me want to gag, but I know they're important and I, the Virgo in me kind of likes all that organizational stuff, but I want it to be pretty. And I just didn't know how to do that. So I found a, a template on Etsy and it's so darn pretty. I love it. It's very at it. pretty. I was very excited that you shared that with me. And I love, I love people sharing their sort of tidbits and what they do so that I can share as well. And, and another thing, I don't know about this um, group that you're listening to, but people are like, how can I teach my kids about money? Cause I don't even know, or I'm learning. And so I'm getting tips from other parents of how to best teach their, their children. And the flip side I'm getting now is, you know, with our age group, my parents are getting older. Like I need to help them or take care of their finances or what do I need to do? And so we're having those conversations as well. And, you know, we're stuck in the middle. This, this, this age group is stuck in the middle. And, and you talk about hormones. I mean, that's stressful from both ends, our children, as well as our parents. And so that creates a whole set of craziness with our hormones. So, you know, money is the longest relationship you will ever have with anything or anybody from birth to death, right? So what sort of relationship do we have with money? Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a work, workbook that your audience can ask for um, later on that we can get the conversation started about where are you in thinking about money? What negative thoughts do you have? Or, um, you know, women are not confident about asking for help or getting their their um, financial literacy down. And then the other thing I talk about is where do you fall on the continuum of being a saver and a spender, Right. And, and I often tell people like you're a saver or a spender because our parents taught us this way. Are they savers? You probably will be one. Are you a spender? Well, you are because your parents taught you how to be a spender. And I, I was one of those, those uh, children. And so I'm the third group where I don't want to be like my parents. I'm kind of in the middle. I want to be a saver and a spender because there's the balance in life, right? It's not about saving until I retire. What if I die tomorrow and I have nothing to show for it? So I always told my dad that, like, I'm going to go travel. I'm going to enjoy the life, uh, enjoy the world, because that's what I want to do. And so I will save and spend at the same time. <laughs> I love it. Okay, two things came up I want to ask you about. You mentioned kids. So you have teenage age children. Mm-hmm. So tell me, how are you preparing them for financial literacy? So I try to talk about money as much as possible, as simple as just going to the grocery store, Um, Hey, you want this? Well, let's talk about how you're going to get that. Uh, My daughter wanted a phone. Uh, It was $400. I said, okay, I'm going to sit down and we're going to chat about this. I can either pay it in full and you pay me back. (laughs) Or I can use it as part of your Christmas gift because just before Christmas last year. So let's say $200 that goes towards your Christmas gift and the other $200 you owe me money for. You have the choice if you want that phone. (laughs) She just looked at me. I'll pay the full price. (laughs) <laughs> so, so any money she got, whether it was babysitting or work, I'd say, okay, you've got, let's say $60 from your babysitting gig of that money. What's going towards the phone and what's going towards your, your, your pocket that you can spend. And so we would always negotiate that. And it's, it's actually really interesting. And I also negotiate with, you know, 20 bucks comes from my mom and dad. Okay. You got 20 bucks. I get half. My girlfriend taught me that everything they get, I get half. 
So half will go to savings of some form or investing. I open an investment account for them as well. And the other half is theirs. So you get 20 bucks from my, my dad, you get 10, I take 10. Wow. They, they're reluctant at this time in life, but um, when they do ask me, so what do I have in my bank account? What do I have in my investment account? Like they're curious. And so um, it's, just, it's just starting those conversations as, as simple, as small as what do you do with the money that they get? Wow. So powerful. I wish someone had taught me about investing. Absolutely. Right. Like my, my girlfriend came out of university debt-free. I was like, damn, how did you do that? And she said, my parents took half of everything that I made. I'm like, oh, I wish they had done that because I spent yeah. everything that I made, but I saved a little bit, but I came out with lots of student debt. And, and then they were like, okay, well, you got to pay that off yourself. I'm like, well, what? Yeah. So, you know, I, I see what had happened to me and I don't want that to happen to my children. And, but I'm not going to give them the world either. I think they still have to earn it, don't have to work hard, but, you know, earn it with smart strategies and, and uh, things that's going to make them happy too. Oh, I love it. The other thing you mentioned was about parents. Mm -hmm. And uh, I believe our parents' generation is likely the last generation where pensions are the norm. Mm -hmm. And yet our generation was not given the education to say, listen, if you don't have a pension, you need to start putting aside for your retirement when you're 25. Nobody's thinking about retirement at 25. No. <laughs> you know, like, where is this being taught? Nowhere. So, exactly. I think I was 46 when I made my first investment. Do I wish someone had impressed upon me better? Yes, heck yes. Boy, right. do I ever. <laughs> And, and it's really the fact that we just feel as women that we're not confident in what we want, what we have to say, what we want to do, and um, and how to start. You know, and if you're not sure where to start, like I said, find a financial advisor and start talking. Interview people. Ask your friends what they're doing. Who are they talking to? Who are they meeting with? And just find out what works for them. I don't think you can do it alone. I really, truly don't because there's so much around what a financial planner does. It's not just investing, it's tax planning, retirement, uh, insurance, estate planning. There's a whole, you know, big gamut of things. So, you know, there's just lots, lots to discuss and everybody's different, right? You're, you're different than me, than, than my, my sister, than my neighbor, right? And so everybody has their own situation that needs to be looked after in that sort of way. I love it. I love it. So, Ladies, if you do not have your own investment account, <laughs> you need to start thinking about this. Get mm -hmm. yourself a certified financial planner. If you happen to be in Ontario like Francesca, please go see my friend Francesca. And if not, how do we best find someone to suit our needs? Well, like I said, just ask your friends. Do you guys work with an advisor? And, and you know, um, I deal with women on their own if they've got a partner. I deal with a partner together. Um, so ask, right? I just ask the questions. Do you, does it, is it just your husband that takes care of stuff? Are you involved? Because that happens a lot too. It's like the women's like, oh, yeah, 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 that he just takes care of it. I, I really want women to take control and ownership to do their own thing. I had a, um, a, a series of webinars last year about women. There's three parts. And I had one particular person join all three. And at the end, she made an appointment to meet with me. And she's like, you know what? I'm very grateful for these webinars because it gave me the information I needed to have a conversation with my husband. And I said, okay, so what's the scenario? We had a cottage and he wants to sell it. 
half of that's mine, but he wants to take the full uh, profits and spend it the way he wants to do it. And I'm not having that. So, okay, great. She's like, now I need to have questions. I need to know what do we need to do so that when this money comes in, that I get my half. And I, I was amazed. This was the first time I ever had somebody really understand what she needed and wanted. And then she had all the questions and all the ammunition, not say ammunition, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> what she needed to ask. And they had a great conversation around it. And it all worked out that she got her half to do what she wanted to do. And mm-hmm. she just, you could just see her whole, you know, body change. And another thing I talk about to women is being their own CFO. That's all part of it too. Being your own financial um, officer, like have your life run like a business, right? And and maybe it takes away the, the negative thoughts we have about money, right? Now it's a business. How am I going to run my business as my personal life? Look at the expenses. I tell people, look at the last three months. What have you done and where has it gone? And categorize it and just see where maybe do I need to make some changes if I have to. Maybe you don't. Um, You know, give yourself a date once a month in your calendar. Every month I'm going to look at where am I at? Am I reaching my goals? What do I need to do? What's what's left on my to-do list? And then every year I do this and I look back and say, okay, what did I want to do? What have I actually done and where do I want to go next year? And I do that every year around this time and plan my next year and budget or write it out on my board. Like I haven't completed this this year. I got got it for next year. It's a priority for me. Mm-hmm. And celebrate those successes too, right? You know, CFOs have parties for their staff. So do that too. You know, I, I hit my targets, uh, my savings goal. I did this or I did that. And just celebrate it, whether it's going to your favorite coffee shop, uh, taking a day at the spa, whatever it is that you want to do, just celebrate it. That's super important as well. Beautiful. So it's easy for us to deprioritize that money date, whether we're doing it the monthly money date, the six-month money date to check on our portfolio, the 12-month planning for the year. Because I know for me, I have a lot of guilt and shame around money. And so I'm scared to look, which Mm -hmm. is absurd. And I know it's an old way of thinking. So what do you suggest for your people when they come to you and say, um, and maybe maybe you're not getting clientele like this because they're already advanced enough to ask for help. Like what, what do you tell them to do to get them prepared for it to be an empowering money date with themselves? That's a good question. And I see it no matter what age, level, income, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, you know, I have a lot of people reluctant to meet me and the first meeting is just talking, right? We don't really do a lot of unearthing. And then maybe the second meeting is unearthing and you could just see the hesitancy and the, ooh, I don't really want to show you this. And they're like, no, let's just do it, you know? And we just bring it to the table. So there's the awareness and then once I come back with some ideas and strategies, like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Um, and I think women, we compare ourselves. And maybe oh. that's part of it, right? It's like, oh, I always get this a lot. Oh, that lady down the street, she's got like the expensive car and she's this and she's got that. And they did the renos. And I'm like, yeah, but they might have a lot of debt and you don't. 
mm-hmm. or you know they they um are overspending or like there's just you just don't know or maybe she's worn the same shoes for the last 10 years but they're still amazing shoes um you know and it's just we compare ourselves and so i just want women to just have maybe better money scripts about that it's it's just you and where you're at and we have to stop comparing ourselves to where everyone else is at i get that a lot too mm-hmm. um am i at the same level where everyone else is that my age you know and i'm like well you get a different scenario than everyone else your age um and you know and, and or you know you have a simple lifestyle you know you don't go out a lot you don't spend a lot your home you like to read so your life and your expenses are different than maybe mine i like to go out and spend lots of money on dinner or a bottle of wine or i've got a golf membership so what i need is going to be different than what you need and so we like i said we do a lot of comparison and i think we have to stop doing that to stop feeling guilty I, I want to write down everything you just said. <laughs> You're recording this, right? <laughs> yeah, it's those money scripts, right? Like money is never enough. And we have to start saying, I have enough. Yeah. And, you know, spending money is shameful. That's another thing. And it's like, I don't feel guilty about spending money. Um, spending money makes me happy. Spending money is not the key to happiness, right? It's just really what do we want and having those things happen. And overspending is not my fault. Eh, overspending might be your fault, but what are the better strategies to take to perhaps change or reframe it? It's like dieting. It's yes. like, you know, I want a better sex life. What do I have to do for that? I want to feel happier and healthier in my body. What do I have to do with that? What, you know, how can I change how I feel? It's all the same, right? It's all the same talk that we have. It's just being more positive about it. I know for me, whenever I look, the first thing that comes to mind is, oh, God, I'm like 20 years behind in what I should have, right? And that's where the guilt always comes from. And and comparison and comparison, right? You're comparing yourself to where you should be. Compared to who? (laughs) We should all over ourselves, don't we? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we do. We do. To to say the cliche statement, but... (laughs) oh. So much information in here. I'm so excited to bring this to my listeners. Thank you for this powerful conversation. And as always, we have a to-do list for the end of the podcast that Francesca has been dropping these little truth bombs throughout, but she's going to review them now. What are your top tips? Where do we get started? What do we need to do? Break it down for us, please. Wonderful. Yes. So I think it's really important, first and foremost, is to create that personal vision for yourself. What do you want in your life? First and foremost, write it down. Um, time frame it if you want to. But just start with that vision. What do you want? And money is a tool, and it is a form of energy, and it's not hard, right? So you got to stop those sort of stories. And then working with an advisor, super important to get you started on those strategies for yourself. And confidence, right? Confidence and permission to read or podcast or learn something about financial literacy. Become your CFO, your own CFO. Even if you're part of a partnership, start focusing on yourself and celebrate your successes. Super important, no matter how small, no matter how big. And network, talk to friends, talk to family, talk to coworkers about what they're doing. And then, oh, I didn't talk about this, Fiona, but this is probably a very good ending, is be grateful. Be grateful for the money that comes in. Be grateful for the money that goes out. And I learned this so much from being in Bali 
They're grateful people. They're grateful every day for everything. And I started taking that into my life. And one tip, maybe you know this, is when something negative is happening in my life, I actually start turning around now and say, okay, what can I be grateful for in this situation? And it really has changed my frame of mind around to be more positive about it. And I don't feel as stressed as I used to when I started thinking about it. So grateful and have positive money scripts and tell yourself positive things. Oh, thank you so much. I am so grateful for you and this interview. Thank you. Thank you for wanting to come on the podcast to teach my listeners about financial literacy and financial well-being, because ultimately freedom does have a financial component to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Affects everything about you. Yes. So if my people want to uh, connect with you or learn more about you, I understand they can go to Instagram. Instagram, Francesca.Ray.2510. There's also LinkedIn and you can just Google search me and my website will also come up um, through, through my business. And that's Ray spelled E-A. R-E-A. Yes. (laughs) Don't forget the R. (laughs) Francesca, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I'm so grateful. Thank you. Thank you for Dr. Fiona Lovely. And uh, I look forward to doing this again. I had so much fun recording that interview with Francesca Ray, financial advisor, and my friend. And I'm so grateful for the information she shared. I find it so empowering uh, when women start talking about these subjects that have been taboo for us, uh, certainly in our lifetimes, and chances are probably in your mother's and your grandmother's lifetimes too. So if you want to find out more about Francesca Ray, you can go to her website, francescaray.com. I will leave the spelling of that in the show notes. And I am, of course, Dr. Fiona Lovely, and this is the Not Your Mother's Menopause podcast. And you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Dr. Fiona Lovely and on Facebook at Not Your Mother's Menopause podcast. Until next time, be well. The views and nutritional advice expressed by Dr. Fiona Lovely are not intended to be a substitute for conventional medical service. If you have or suspect that you have a medical problem, promptly contact your health care provider. No information offered here should be interpreted as a diagnosis of any disease, nor an attempt to treat or prevent or cure any disease or condition. As with any new advice or program, you should always contact your healthcare provider prior to starting anything new. Thank you.